Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to consider how to better engage with employees and ways to help them feel proud of the employer brand that they work under. My guest this time is Sona Kostler, Vice President of Marketing at Emity, the platform which helps firms attract, retain and engage employees in powerful ways. Sona leads a passionate team responsible for bringing Benevity's thought leadership, as well as client stories, best practices, and unmatched data from over 600 enterprise companies to the world. Her team tells the story of Benevity's award-winning products and services, enables market and client-facing teams to be trusted advisors, and puts on what is now considered one of CSR's best conferences, Goodness Matters. My goodness me, so now that's a heck of a heck of a bio you have there. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. It's great to be here. Now, Benevity claims to give users the, the tech to get a clearer view of how their engagement programs are performing. Um, talk to me a bit about the, the clever tech behind, behind the platform. Yeah, absolutely. So Benevity offers a corporate purpose solution. Um, and it's actually the only holistic solution on the market. So what we do is we help companies do more good. Um, So whether that is through employee engagement programs where they're empowering their people to support the causes or nonprofits of their choice uh, with matching dollars or, you know, helping them find volunteering opportunities in their local communities or more likely virtually now and providing them with volunteer rewards or Um, helping them take positive action or learn new pro-social behaviors. So things like, um, you know, what what can I learn about, you know, living a more sustainable life, you know, is is turning my fan around um, halfway through the year actually saves energy or, um, you know, learning more about buying locally uh, sourced foods. So I'm really helping um, uh, companies engage their people in doing more good. Um, So that's one of our solutions. The other solutions is helping companies um, make grants to nonprofits who are working in the communities in which they operate in. And then the third solution is actually helping companies engage their customers in doing good as well. So um, providing ways that they can embed uh, doing good into their online interactions or e-commerce. So for example, when you go shopping online and you can do a roundup to a nonprofit, um, Benevity powers that for a number of companies. And then we also have a nonprofit solution just helping all of these, you know, some 2 million nonprofits around the world access uh, the incredible power of these corporations and their people and customers uh, to gain more support for their causes. So that's that's what we do at Benevity. Um, and it's been it's been quite an incredible few years. The last year especially has just seen a massive amount of uptake and growth as you know we kind of shift from this for-profit to for-purpose economy. Organizations are working very hard at the moment to pay attention to their culture during particularly un- uncertain times when you know traditional approaches to, to building a culture are maybe out the window or a bit more difficult at the moment. Do, do you believe it's HR's responsibility to, to own the definition and cultivation of, of culture and and should that culture support the employee's quest for passion and purpose in their whole life, uh, not just their their work life? Or is it is it more than HR? Is that the responsibility of, of team leaders? Should certainly enterprise level companies perhaps have dedicated folk who are often you hear the, the term chief people officer? 
for yeah. example who, who should own that is it is it is it more of a collective thing and should it go beyond one's work life yeah absolutely that's such a great question i think you know times have have really changed it it used to be that uh the culture i think personally was very much owned by hr and um as things have become increasingly democratized and i think as we've shifted into a world where people are used to co-creating their experiences with brands so for example you know like you can customize um you know your your car online you can customize your nike's you can you know we start to co-create our own experiences everywhere else in our world we personalize what our apps look like and um, our email inbox looks like um we kind of bring that expectation into our workplace as well and so i think the organizations that have really embraced this idea of kind of grassroots empowerment and co-creating culture are really the ones that are thriving um you know i i don't think hr is always well positioned to own the culture um you know they've got a, a lot of kind of operational tasks and of course you know workforce planning and all sorts of strategic tasks but i think that you know hr is is in a position nowadays to really understand uh their people understand what motivates them what keeps them in an organization what allows them to perform at their best what are the skills they are seeking and start to you know um scale some of that but i don't think it's their job to own the culture it is really the the role of a leadership team and like you said in large organizations it trickles all the way down to you know those frontline managers and 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 every individual so i think that you know in this world that we're living in and especially you can see um with all of these crises that come up people really want to have a sense of purpose at work and they want to have a sense of purpose in their lives but the more they can kind of bring that to work the more bonded they feel so for example you know we we see a, a big like the australian bushfires for example and um people are watching their communities burn and and these poor koalas and they want to do something and so they they start uh a fundraiser or what we call a friend raiser in our platform and all of a sudden all of these people are starting to support this cause and what that means to the individual who did it but then also to the community and all the rest of the people who are feeling this incredible sense of positive impact by contributing that's the kind of stuff that forms culture today so it's not something that can be handed down by anyone it it really is created by the people around you um through the actions that they take and the and the opportunities they provide for other people to get engaged in something that's bigger than themselves i think culture really is the responsibility of everyone in the organization especially as we operate in this much more democratized and empowered world i can definitely get behind anything that supports koalas um they're pretty cool uh, <laughs> if 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 i were to be reincarnated i think i'd want to come back as a koala They, they smell are. really good. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay, fun fact for our listeners today: Ko koala bears <laughs> smell awesome. Um, <laughs> moving on from koala bears, though, what are some of the challenges associated with ensuring that a that there's a strong sense of company culture? When, frankly, at the moment, mo most of us aren't physically in an office. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we're disparate. We're, we're working remotely. We're, we're, we're trying to. We're trying to remain on the same page as folk. We're trying to connect through Zoom conference meetings or whatever else it might be, but it's maybe not the same. So now, so what 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 are those big challenges? 
Yeah, it's definitely not the same. And I think I think traditionally culture has been anchored in very physical things, right? The space that you sit in, uh, your physical environment, um, the posters you see on the wall, uh, the events and programming in local offices. Um, and so I think we've really had to look at what does it actually, what does culture look like in a remote context? Um, and, you know, some companies had the edge because they had been moving towards this more distributed workforce, um, you know, seeking talent in, in more markets kind of forced them to do that, right? So they, they've they kind of been through some of these culture challenges that most of us are going through right now. But I think, you know, the thing that um, those the, the, those events and, you know, being on Zoom all day, you can only do so much of that remotely. People are already spending so much time on their computer. And so um, one of the one of the things that we really saw uh, as the pandemic came, you know, came on and all these folks were starting to work from home for the first time was companies looking for ways to engage them in. Um, in something that was also just beyond their day-to-day and wasn't another task that they had to do. Um, And so, you know, people have really had to think about more meaningful connections. I think the other thing that the the pandemic also did was it just, it it really um, kind of removed a veneer of um, our, our work and life being two separate things. Um, we started to become way more authentic and real, and we started to see, um, you know, how people's personal lives affected their ability to work. And so those conversations started to get really raw and authentic. And I think when you start to build that much more personal connection with your people and really understand their needs, you start to get to know that every human wants to be contributing to the world in a positive way, that we all have this super deep need to be a part of something bigger, to feel connected. And so these uh, employee engagement programs around giving and volunteering and helping each other and learning about more positive behaviors and how you can support your community um, became really powerful levers for um, people to get connected with themselves, their communities, and their, their colleagues, um, which then has this halo effect on your employer brand because you are now the you know, the the facilitator of this connection and this enrichment in, in people's lives. So I would say that the 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 need for uh, deeper, more meaningful connection has really come forward in this time of remote culture. And so how can culture um, provide that to your people? That's the question I think most um, business leaders should be asking. We haven't yet spoken so much about um, about new hires. So obviously, a lot of a lot of candidates now are uh, not not traditional in the sense that they're coming they're coming back into the work environment as part of the the, the gig workforce. But in in terms of folk who are joining in a more traditional social contract with with, with an employer, what 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 are those challenges that they're facing during this this remote? situation so yes we've spoken about um there's, there's probably gonna be a blend in the future and and remote working to some extent is is here to stay so uh, but right now i'd imagine there are a lot of folk out there who perhaps recently got a new job but how on earth do they go about connecting with their teammates uh, feeling part of part of their team and feeling listened to by their by the hiring manager having having that level of camaraderie if, if you like are there, are there any quick fixes to that or is that an ongoing question? No, I mean, I think it's a great point. We've had a number of uh, of folks 
joined the marketing team um, after the pandemic. So we've never physically met them. And, you know, one of the things they've said they crave is, is meeting up with their teams. And so um, we've looked at, um, you know, organizing some local volunteer opportunities according to kind of CDC guidelines and physical distancing so that we can come together and do something and um, together for the community. And, you know, so many communities have um, really deep social kind of needs right now. And so um, we've been looking at organizing some of that. We did a, a river park cleanup for a bunch of our people as well just recently um, before it started to snow. Um, and so, yeah, you know, there there is at some level, you can't replace that physical connection. But when you do come to make the physical connection, um, it may look a little different. So um, you know, a bunch of people coming into a community and, you know, working maybe at a, at a, at a food bank together. Um, and because you miss that social element, right. Of just like the water cooler talk, um, you know, hanging around each other's cubes and, and chatting about your weekend. Like that's the kind of thing you miss. So it, it really is social connection. And so, um, I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to really think about that and seeing more companies think about how can they bring those new people in because, you know, it is hard to feel that deeper sense of connection if you haven't physically met people. And so if you can organize those kinds of activities um, and, you know, also we've got a lot of kind of for people who are in cities where there aren't other folks like sales, field sales, for example, right? Um, doing some virtual volunteering um, where you're kind of uh, looking and identifying animals together, for example, online. Again, it just gives you something to do to create that more kind of social connection with people. So yeah, new hires, it's 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 tough. You know, I think they don't have the past um, to hang on to and they've got all that the company offers um, going forward. So, um, you know, it's it's it definitely is incumbent upon, you know, leaders. Uh, and again, this goes back to, it's not necessarily HR who has to program this for you. Uh, it's it's team leaders who need to think about how can they bring their people together for more meaningful kind of connective experiences. You mentioned volunteering there in, in, in your answer. And it's interesting that there's been a surge in giving during such a difficult year. Well, what what has that looked like for, for Benevity? And what are some of the more innovative ways that companies are adapting? Maybe you can offer a few examples there. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a, a year full of crises, right, Bill? Like starting with the, the pandemic in March. And then, you know, I think it, it took us a while to kind of understand that lockdown wasn't just going to be two weeks and everything was going to go back to normal. All of a sudden it was becoming months. So, you know, people with school children trying to figure out what life looks like, elder care, people who have you know, elders in their care, um, people who lived alone. So there was kind of this short-term toll and this, um, you know, as we got into the spring, then it was like, okay, this is probably going to be sustained. And then all of a sudden, you know, the murder of George Floyd happens and there's this incredible movement around racial equity and justice. So yet, you know, another big crisis hits that, um, that, you know, fuels people's desire to want to see change in the world. And so what's been really interesting um, about these times is that um, we've seen companies really kind of step up and help people uh, be what they need to be during that time. And so um, offering kind of, I think one company offered a five times matching 
um, program during that time to uh, anyone who was supporting a cause. And that was critical because, of course, the cause has also lost um, you know, their volunteers, their fundraising events, their, you know, door-to-door -door knocking. So their funding was really at risk. And so companies really stepped in to empower their people to, to help them make a difference during that time. And I, I can tell you the the incredible amount of appetite that we saw in giving at the beginning of, of COVID um, is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, you know, we... Um, saw, uh, I think it was something like $640 million um, donated from companies and their people in just the first few months of COVID, um, which was an incredible amount of impact. And then following um, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, we just saw a massive surge um, in our, it was actually the largest groundswell in giving in Benevity's 12-year history that we've ever seen. And so I think there was just this incredibly deep desire for people to feel like they were going to be a part of something um, something positive when there was just so much um, heaviness and so much challenge being thrown at us. Um, and when you look at actually how much people have donated, what we found was that people had donated what they typically donated in a year in the first six months. Um, and so people really did step up. And I think I think that's an example of people wanting to be a part of something bigger, wanting to contribute, um, and then employers really providing them with an easy, simple, um, and rewarding experience to do that. Um, I think the other amazing thing that we saw was um, companies um, empowering their people to help each other. So uh, SAP, for example, um, had this kind of volunteering program where employees could take care of uh, other employees' children so that that, you know, colleague could go and maybe cook dinner or go run an errand or whatever it is. So they would be playing music on Zoom for their 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 children, their colleagues' children, or reading um, storybooks uh, for their colleagues' children. What an incredible, um, untraditional view of volunteering, but volunteering your time to your colleagues and their families. And then going back to that conversation we were having about that personal connection, it's like now you don't just know your colleague in a work context, you know your colleague in a personal context. Now you also get to know their family. Like the level of connection that gets made there is, is pretty incredible. We also saw companies um, encouraging their people to call elders during that time to kind of be a, a supportive ear. Um, so Liberty Mutual did that. So just incredible um, ways to support people in their desire to, you know, have a sense of advocacy, but then also helping people in need during that time. We also saw a lot of companies um, taking the opportunity to educate their people on COVID. I think, you know, the information was changing very rapidly during that time. So um, putting in uh, what, what are called missions into the Benevity platform where people could learn how to properly wash their hands or, um, you know, uh, take other positive actions like and track them. So, for example, if you um, got groceries for an elderly neighbor, you could um, track that. It would give people ideas of how they could contribute uh, to their communities, but also keep themselves and their families and their communities safe during that time with, um, you know, proper safety protocols. So really clever and creative ways that companies kind of stepped in to help people meet the need during that time.
So all of that is awesome. Um, the only thing that could have made it more awesome is if there was a program included, which included looking after baby koalas as well. I think <laughs> and the icing on the cake here. Um, but the the reality, Sona, is that uh, a lot of economies have contracted uh, over, yeah. over 2020, and there's going to be some difficult uh, decisions made around uh, investments and finances and all the rest of it uh, over, over the coming the months. So let, let let's let's look at corporate purpose programs from the perspective of uh of enterprise level leaders just for a moment um have you seen evidence of corporate purpose in in business critical metrics like like in retention i.e you know by 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 taking these initiatives by 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 jumping in is 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 the result of the bottom line that you're going to keep your people longer they're going to be happy they want to go they're going to want to uh, climb that corporate ladder and become leaders themselves later on and and ultimately you're going to make more money frankly if nothing else yeah yeah exactly um i think we you know we've seen um a lot of evidence uh, of that correlation between um helping your you know helping your people do more good and real business metrics emerge over the last i'd say five seven years um, you know, it, it used to be kind of this idea that it was just the right thing to do, but now it's also the the right thing to do for your bottom line, which is why I think we're starting to see this um, real uh, embracing of corporate purpose, right? Like it's, it is contributing to uh, a company's ESG profile um, because we know that, for example, we looked at Benevity's own data and what it showed us was that employees who are engaged in giving and volunteering are 57% less likely to leave that organization. So while it's not necessarily causal, it's that if you can get your people in, involved in these programs, you're less likely to lose them. We've also had um, clients do studies where they've recognized that um, people involved in their volunteer programs uh, tend to develop the soft skills that actually get them promoted um, more quickly or um, and also they have longer tenure. So you're now getting also this incredible value from, you know, people who volunteer have got incredible communication skills, organization skills, um, you know, all those soft skills that actually are required in leadership. They're developing through volunteering. And the really interesting thing about the company who studied this was that they found that there were more people of color involved in volunteering. So these people were developing these skills and then getting promoted. And, you know, we often um, talk to organizations who are trying to figure out, like, how do we get more people of color in leadership positions? Well, volunteering appears to be one of those ways. So really um, incredible. And then we've, you know, talked to a number of clients who's, um, I remember talking to one, a large manufacturing company based out of the Bay Area, who was saying um, that they had, their HR team had noticed that about 70% of applicants were asking the company what they do um, to contribute positively to the world. And so those HR teams being equipped to speak to these programs um, was important in attracting kind of the best and brightest talent as well, because, you know, it's it, it was like you mentioned earlier, you know, Gen Z um, and millennials really were the ones who were driving this. But I think it's become mainstream and um, I think, you know, boomers and Gen X and uh, the rest of us are kind of going, hey, well, you know, we also wanted that. We just didn't know we could ask for it. And so now we know we can and we will. So uh, lots of incredible data that um, that is emerging. We've also seen um, employer pride 
um, you know, be really highly correlated with the level of investment that companies make in these programs. So, I mean, if you can, you know, on the employee engagement side, tenure, uh, retention, promotions, diversity, it's pretty powerful lever. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's probably just the beginning of what we're going to start to understand about how these uh, how these programs contribute to a company's um, overall brand profile as well. Because I think that's the other piece, right? Like we're talking about culture here, mostly in employees, but your employees are really ambassadors of your brand. And so there becomes this kind of um, uh, uh, almost osmosis effect where, you know, when your people are highly engaged and proud, they carry that out in the community or in their frontline interactions with your customers. And all of a sudden your customers like, I can tell those people are really happy. They really like what they're doing. And therefore I'm having a better experience because that, you know, that employee who's supporting me right now is, is really happy and loves their job and is engaged. So, um, you know, I think we're going to start to see way more of those metrics emerge over the next few years as well. 100%. And uh, uh, as as two folk with marketing backgrounds, I, I think we could have a much, much longer conversation here about the the power of brand advocacy. And uh, if you've got happy employees, how that will lead to uh, to a, a much, much more business and a better reputation and all the rest of it. However, that's not going to be today, Sona, because mm-hmm. we are coming towards the end of this interview. Uh, before we wrap things up, though, how can how can our listeners connect with you personally, whether that's through LinkedIn, Twitter, maybe you're super cool and use TikTok? Um, and also, how can they learn more about Benevity? Absolutely. Uh, so I am not super cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Oh, on, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of those marketers who has kind of avoided social media. So, um, But they can definitely follow Benevity on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. And uh, we're at Benevity.com and got lots of great content. So if you just want to learn more about this stuff, um, we've got lots of great uh, content on YouTube as well. So definitely check us out, Benevity.com. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I actually mentioned that to Sona before we started recording today. I was, I was pretty astounded by how much awesome that content they've got, and the fact that they're leveraging uh, the biggest, the second biggest search engine in the world, YouTube. Which you'd be, you'd be surprised. A lot of HR tech companies out there they still don't really get YouTube. Um, so kudos to to you and your team, Sona. You're doing an awesome job there. And that just leads me to say for today, Sona, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Track Show. Thank you so much, Bill. That was fun. And uh, next time, we'll see if we can get a koala involved. Um, but for now, listeners, and, and until we, we chat again, happy working and stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.